We are all capable of so much more than what we are if you just apply it and go for it. If you want something, you're going to get out there and get it. And if you don't, then you don't want it bad enough. You have to do it for you. Just go hike the mountain by yourself. And that's stepping outside your comfort zone. You've got to get used to feeling uncomfortable. That was elite ultra runner, Risha Lewis. And this is the Running Deep Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Goochgoo. Goochgoo is a multi-use unisex anti-chafe barrier cream for ultra-distance athletes such as myself, triathletes, adventure racers, and any other sport where friction can occur. It's water-resistant, reef-friendly, and its antibacterial formula ensures that you stay active and away from the sidelines. Now, Goochgoo has actually worked closely with some of the best professional athletes in Australia to create the perfect solution to chafe, which in turn came up with an all-purpose balm that may soothe, repair, and protect the skin during prolonged physical activity both in and out of the water. Now, this is a personal preference of mine, and, and one of the things I really like about this brand is that the chafe balm is actually, you know, it, it's made with no nasties. So there's a lot of love that's put into it. And that only means it's made with premium organic ingredients, which I, I absolutely love. And, you know, if you know me, I use this stuff pretty much every single time I go for a run or a ride because I have big tree trunks as legs. So I, I chafe all the time. And this stuff has pretty much saved me from chafing. And, you know, I, I, look, I love the, I honestly love the stuff. And I wouldn't get, uh, you know, a, a sponsor like Gooch Goo on if I, if I didn't really truly believe in it. Now, this brings me to the main point. Gooch Goo have kindly given you guys, the listeners, a discount code for 10% off your total order, your entire order. So use the code, two words, running deep. That's one, running, two, deep, two words at checkout for 10% off your total order. Two words, running deep, 10%, it's all yours. Get a discounted chafe balm. It's amazing stuff, guys. Why? Because chafing sucks. Now, back to the show. Good morning, Good afternoon, good evening to all of you that are listening in to the Running Deep podcast. On this week's episode, I sat down with elite ultra-endurance athlete Risha Lewis. Now, I'm not going to spoil too much for the episode, but you know we go over her weight loss journey. She was 140-odd kilos, now to 67, and you know that isn't a mass, that's a huge achievement in itself. Um, she is a humble, humble human being. Um, but yeah, we, we go over everything. We really go over everything. And there, you know, I'm glad that I was able to hold a vulnerable space for her, for her to op- open up about her life. Um, and you know, the trials and tribulations she still goes through as an elite endurance athlete. You know, we put these people up on a pedestal, but we, I think we forget that they're as human as us. They have human problems just like us. And, you know, Risha really does open up about this with, you know, having two autistic children, um, you know, being a stay-at-home mum and trying to fit everything in 
between those lines. And, you know, it's not, it's just nice to hear something like that coming from such um, an amazing athlete. Now, just a little FYI, uh, you'll hear this in the episode, but I did DNF my 100 miler um, for reasons you wouldn't actually expect. So Risha gave me some great tips and, you know, you could say pointers um, for the 100 miler that I just recently finished. But my partner at the 56 kilometer mark broke her foot. So I did have to DNF and, um, you know, cop that one on the chin. I think the universe sort of conspired together for me to uh, DNF that race because I went into it with an injury. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. But I still got 56 kilometers with a injured knee. Um, but other than that, please enjoy the episode. It, it was actually a really, really nice episode. And I'm, I'm very glad I got to sit down and do this with uh, Risha Lewis. So other than that, enjoy the episode. Thank you so much, uh, Risha, for doing this with me. It's like, it's an, for me, it's, a, it's an actual honour to have you here in this room to be able to do this with you. And plus you driving two hours to come here. So thank you so much. No, thank you for having me. I was like, yeah, overwhelmed. I was like, <laughs> yeah, of course. I'll come talk to you. Why not? No, and again, you travelled from Glasshouse Mountains? Uh, Biwa, yeah. Oh, my God. But again, thank you. Um, so I want to I start this off with what we just spoke about before. Congratulations on your first place female at uh, Westmac Monster. Yeah. Which was 128 kilometres and you did then 22 hours and... Uh, 34 minutes, I think. That's For 128, that's a very, very long... That's nearly... Du- that's over double your black hole. It is, yes. And that, um, that come into mind quite a few times mm. out there on the trail. Mm. Especially when it got dark, there's so much... Yeah, there was so much time out there and mm. I didn't expect it to take that long. Mm. Like in my mind I was like, Yep, yeah, at the longest nineteen hours, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And but the terrain, there's just I've never seen so many rocks before in my life. Mm. If you go off my actual um like Garmin Strava time, there's like two hours difference to my actual finishing time, two mm. and a half to my actual recorded time because there's so much navigation. So much navigation, Um, like your phone's out constantly. You're like, are you on course? Are you on course? Because you see little arrows, little blue arrows, and then you don't see one for two or four Ks, and then you're like, am I still on course? And um, you get out your phone, you're like, I'm on course. Or once you go up there and you're like, you look up, and you're like, really? You're going up there? Okay, so you climb up there, and it's telling you to go back down, and you're seeing creek beds and – some creep are like full of water and you're know, bouldering and like around the side. Yeah, and then I yeah, use my yeah. mountain climbing skills yeah. to climb around the edge and try and keep the feet wet, um, dry. Yeah, because I, I was following, I was fo- honest, or you and Nick, I was following along and I was watching, like, it, when I say barely moving, like in the, in the grand scale of the actual course itself, I was like, you started off really fast and uh, it was that last 30-odd K that I kept refreshing. It was like you stopped and then started. And same with Nick. I was like, and that's Nick Bamford, so if you're listening, Nick, I'm talking about you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was just watching going like, what's happening here? And then I realised 
from the Lucy Bartholomew video she did for the Larry Pinter Trail, like how some of it's like not runnable. Yeah. So I was like, oh my god! So this is got this is tough. Plus the elevation, plus the dry heat as well. It is, yeah. And the bits that were runnable, like the first thirty k, is meant to be quite runnable, mm. and you'd finally find some sort of rhythm mm. and the path is just so narrow and then you have the dry grass covering the path <sighs> and then you're running and then there's just a huge rock mm. and you just trip over a huge rock and yeah um, like I fell over five times in the first 17 k's and you look oh. bruised like I, I saw the, f- the photos you posted up with yeah. like you had like scratches and bruises and you were yeah, I, I was a mess. Like I was bruised from my – I hit my hip on a rock mm. and that was at 17 k's. I knew at that point mm. that, yeah, I had 113 <laughs> k's. But, um, yeah, I knew at that point this, this race was going to make me or break me. Like it, it still hurt last week. Last mm. week I forgot my flip belt when I was out running and um, – I had to carry my phone mm. because I just – I like to listen to music or podcasts mm. or something. I just don't like to run with my thoughts. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially <laughs> if you're going for a long time. It was just a short run because I didn't have my flip belt anyway. Yeah. But I hit my hip bone with my phone mm. and it hurt, like mm. really friggin' hurt. And that's like – we're a month um, – yeah, this weekend will be a month since I raced the Lara Pinta and my hip bone still hurts. But like – the training you're doing regardless is still like, holy fuck. <laughs> I know. Like, everyone says that to me. Like, Rishi, you going to have some time off? And, like, after I got back, um, mm. like, I had issues. Like, I had bruising. And when I fell at 17Ks, um, I hit my knee, but I also corked my thigh. Mm. And the lump in my thigh has only just gone away. And I don't know, have you ever corked your thigh? I've done many, many <laughs> things to my thighs. Oh, I don't know. That just, that killed me. And towards the end of the race, like, my right leg was obviously compensating because my left leg didn't want to work anymore. Mm. And um, I had to actually use my hands to lift my leg up some of the climbs towards the end. And... um yeah, that was mentally like breaking me. I was like, my leg doesn't even work anymore. After I finished the race, um, I sat in a chair for like 15 minutes. And I couldn't get up and walk. Mm. Like I couldn't lift my leg into the car. One of the race directors actually drove me back to my accommodation. Oh, really? And, yeah. Um, helped me get undressed and showered and into bed. And like I was broken. Like, my leg just yeah. didn't work anymore. I had to lift it with my hands. And I was like, what have I done? And I was bruised from my hip to my vagina, like, mm. the whole way down. And then bruised from my hip to my knee. Mm. And um, I got home and had acupuncture. I saw my doctor. Um, oh, so you thought there was actually something, like, wrong, wrong? Or I thought there was something wrong, wrong. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I've had, like, bone density um, tests since. Mm. And um, I didn't have any x-rays. The doctor just sort of left it and we had, like, just did the natural approach with um, acupuncture and he told me to take it easy and cross-train. He said, don't do any running. But uh, I think I went out and did, I think, 45Ks the first week. Oh, so and it, But I kept telling myself when I was out there, I was like, Risha, this isn't as bad as last week. 
you can run mm. 10Ks, you can run 15Ks, you're not running 128. Mm. Yes, your your cork thigh and your hip is killing you right now, but it's not as bad as what you went through last weekend. You have to keep training. You have events coming up. Just make it a smaller week. Mm. So I made it a smaller week and then um, I had blood tests and stuff and um, I had um, – my red blood cells on my feet mm. erupt and um, I have my gout levels go through the roof and crystallise. Um, so gout's like an inflammation. Mm. Um, so they all crystallised in my ankles and knees. And This is, you know, I was saying to the boys before, and I think this will be a perfect segue into, you know, I would say... From my knowledge around Australia, you would be you would be up there with one, if not one of the best in Australia at the at the moment, athlete wise. And the 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 pain and suffering you put yourself through, people don't see that. They just see the result and went, oh, you know that that would have been piss easy. But it's like no, you yeah you put yourself through that. You you achieved the goal, but they don't see. No one see, and I guess no one wants to really see that, but. You, how, how do I articulate it? Well, okay, let's let's take it back because I think this paints a picture of where we are now and where you are as an athlete right now. So, this all, all this training that you you've done never used to be like this, and uh, I'm talking about five or six years ago. So, I want to paint a picture of not so much the athlete Risha, but but just you as the person. So, you know, if you want to take us back to you know five six years ago 142 kilos 142 kilos and what sort of person i was then and and what was the catalyst and and what was that 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 apex that that point of i'm i've had enough of living this life to where you are now because again when i do the podcast i i want a story and you've got a story to tell and it's not i'm gonna have a guess it's not a linear one there's you know peaks and valleys for you but five years ago you i don't think you could have you know uh, to put yourself in the shoes of where you are now 123 sorry 128 kilometers pain suffering you know you've got to get tests because you pushed yourself so hard on a 22 hour run back then you could you know barely exercise like just just in that short period of time look how far you've come and that's that's the story i want to tell I think a lot of people can, I like a lot. I think everyone, including myself, can pull parts of your story for for, for their own good and their own mental health. So if you want to take it away I'd, and paint that picture, I definitely like. It took me a long time to be able to talk about my story without mm. getting upset, without crying, because I didn't. I felt like, who is that person? Because the person you see right now in front of you was me as a child, as um, a teenager. I was this person and then I got lost there in the middle and I still don't know why. I don't know what happened there. And um, I think you just get comfortable with life and then life gets busy and, you know, you turn 18, you like to drink and go out and drink and go out and eat bad food and party with your friends and um, the weight just piles on. And um, I didn't realise how much weight I'd put on. Mm. I just stopped weighing myself. I stopped looking in the mirror. I stopped 
um, looking at clothes when I bought it, I just went straight to the back of the rack and picked the biggest size I could, you know, they put the big ones at mm, the back. So yeah. you just get a big one and, you know, this is going to swim on me and it's going to make me feel skinnier. It's going to hide everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I've got young – I had young – well, they're still young, 11, 8 – but um, at the time, you know, Archie was three and Nevaeh was six months old. And I remember walking down to my mailbox and it's just like a sliding coin down mm. to my mailbox. And I walked back up and I was like, I was puffed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this isn't good. This isn't, you know, healthy. This isn't who you are. And it's not a good role model for your young children. And they need you. You know, who's going to be here to look after them if something happens? And from that moment, yeah, mm. it was only a couple of days later. Um, it was, yeah, um, Australia Day and they were doing a hike up one of the local mountains and um, my friends and family, they was like, oh, come on, Risha, come. And I was like, God, I can't do that. Like, I can't even walk to my letterbox, let alone up in friggin' mountain. Mm. And... um. So they're like, oh, come on, you know, just come give it a go and then we'll go have a barbecue and, you know, celebrate Australia Day. So I went and um, I struggled. I struggled the whole way up. Mm. Um, yeah, it took like an what hour. What mountain was that? Um, Mount Nagun Gun. It's one of the easiest ones. What's the one, the glass house that's like, it's it's all paved, but it's like like that. Oh, Beer Barham. Okay, that's okay. Beer yeah. Barham or Wild Horse? No, it has to be Beer. Well, no, uh, sorry, just to derail this, it was... um. When I did Glasshouse Hundred, that was the one we went up. So for some reason, I had that one stuck in my head. But yeah, Al anyway. likes to chuck um beer mm. bar in. It's funny. I actually did um twenty two k's this morning before coming down here. And I I ran from Tibra Garden Car Park through to Beer Barham, up and down Beer Barham, back to Tibra, around the base, up and down Tibra, then back to the car park. So oh that my one, god! That <laughs> <laughs> so that was my training session this morning on the way here, and I stopped in. At Terra Tribe and saw my sponsors and I stopped yeah. in at the gym at Chermside, had a shower before coming here so I'd be nice and fresh and not smelly. Um, but yeah, we went up and down Gun Gun. I remember getting home and um, I was like gutted. I was like disgusted in myself. Mm. I was just like, who are you? You're disgusting and you're so unfit and so unhealthy. And it was that moment that that changed my life. And um, and I got ready and went to the barbecue and I was still down. I was still like feeling horrible and mum was there and mum's like, oh, you know, what's the matter, Rish? You know, you did well today. You know, you did something. You know, be proud of yourself. She goes, you know, how we continue to do it? You want to get up early in the morning, you know, just a couple of days a week and we can do that before Adam, my partner, goes to work. And um, I was like, yeah, let's do that. So to get up at three o'clock in the morning and climb up and down that mountain all year round – um, with a little headlamp and have to be home by 5.30 before Adam went to work. You had two young kids as well. Yeah, three and three and six months old. So, oh, my God. Um, yeah, so, you know, a six-month doesn't sleep right through the night. And um, then to be at the mountain at 3 a.m. or get, having mum pick me up at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. and starting at 3.15, um, just so we'd be home by 5.30. Obviously, it didn't stay like that. As the weight come off, um, I got faster. So, as you do, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as you do, and um, so you know the time, um, 
frame got shorter, but still, I'd get home at 5.30, I'd walk in the door and Adam would be up ready for work, but half the time he would have Nevaeh, our daughter, mm. who was six months at the time, and he'd be giving her a bottle or putting her back to sleep or handing her to me. Like usually they'd both be awake and then shortly after Adam would go to work, Archie would be up too then. So you, my day started at 3am. Every day. Um, well, it was only a couple of days a week to start with. Then we went from Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we went four or five days a week, seven. Yeah. And then um, I went nine at one stage as um, the kids got a little bit older. They went to daycare twice a week. So I'd still do it early in the morning with mum. And then when I dropped them off at daycare at 8.30, then I'd go straight from daycare and do it again. And oh. then I just slowly added more stuff like um, PT sessions and yeah. then – um, just set myself goals yeah. and more goals. Like at a, you know, I looked at Mount Beowar and um, it's the biggest mountain on, yeah. on the Sunshine Coast and it's the hardest. You climb it like the first half of it. Have you ever done Beowar? Is, um, is that the one where I think you've actually got to physically climb? Yes. I think you did that with Jack Gill. Did I see that right? Or yeah. Why, that, that's the only way I can remember it because people were like, that, you've actually got to climb up. But I was looking at the times you guys, guys did and I was like, what? How are you holding <laughs> yeah. that pace climbing? You're climbing <laughs> yeah. like a monkey. The first half of it, you're climbing yeah. like a monkey. Okay, so I have actually got the fastest time overall on Strava, mm -hmm. on Mount Biwa. Jack Gill does have the fastest time up. Mm -hmm. um, he's not that fast coming down though. <laughs> So I don't have the fastest time up or down. I have the overall. Um, but I can, yeah, my fastest time is 26 minutes and 58 seconds from start to finish. And what what's what's the average for? So on Sunday just gone, um, I took um, Jamie Mills' gym mm. up and there was 13 of us or 14 and myself, like 13 plus myself. Um, me, obviously, and three others have done it. The other 10 were first-timers, so we were up and down in three hours and 11 minutes. Do, do you ever look at, like, just to just to pull back a bit, do you ever look at your story, do you ever give yourself credit? Do you ever go, like, you, you look at how far you have come, like 140-odd kilo, and then you're doing that in 28 minutes. Like, do you ever do you ever just look at yourself and go, fuck yeah, like, I did this? Sometimes, sometimes. I've been told I'm very harsh on myself. I can tell right I'm, now you're very harsh. <laughs> you know, like, I I achieved something. Like, even the Lyra Pinta, like, that, that race haunts me. Mm. And it can be done better. And I will go back and do it better. And they're like, Rishi, you did in 22 and a half hours injured and you beat the female record by... Over an hour, like, what more do you want? And um, I think because I went there with a goal, like, I wasn't going to do mm. it in 19 hours. But I think because I was injured and that cork thigh You're going got, to the, got to the stage, yeah, it was, yeah, slowing me down, like, mm. right down. And, um, yeah, I was just, I can do it better. I can do it faster. I know I can. I think that that's a, that's a healthy way to look at it, like... You know, I'm, I'm going into this 100-miler on Saturday, injured. Uh, I'm not expecting to come under 20. Like, you know, twenty four under 24 hours would be my dream. That yeah. would be a dream. 
But in the grand scheme of my first 100 miler, I, you know, never say never, but also I've got to be realistic and go, yeah, finishing's okay. I'm ha- No, not okay. Finishing is amazing. It is. Um, and it's going to feel incredible to finish. I think I've got the same thing as you. I, I'll do something. I'll do something amazing. And then I'll go, ah, oh, could have been better. I've all, I'm, and pick I th- yourself apart. Pick your achievement apart. And, but I came out of this and this is, I think, I think everyone, including you, including me, including any ultra runner, that, athlete, I think we've all got to learn a bit of self-love. Because I, definitely, I you know this is a perfect example. My partner pulled me out of it. I I put myself in how would you call it a hole? I just call it the hole. And you know I got it for university. I um because I'm studying psychology at the moment, and I got a high distinction for one of my assessments, which yes. is your, your top top grade, uh ninety I think ninety five percent I got. Oh, well, you know, that other 5%. Out of, I got 28 and a half or something out of 30, which was the mark. That's yeah. top of the top. Yeah. I'm and it's still not good enough. So, like, oh, I, I could I could have done better here. And it's like, no, fuck, Kent, shut the fuck up. You did well. You did extremely well. This is your first year and you're doing very well. Yeah. I, you know, you talking don't give to yourself my, credit. Don't give myself credit. But I went, wait a minute. I, I, I had to sort of dissociate from that and go, Maybe I did actually do well. Maybe that inner critic can shut the fuck up for two seconds and and just take a back seat because I've I want to enjoy this because I don't enjoy it. Like I go, yeah, I did well, but then I go, I I I'm more critic than enjoying the actual result of my hard work. Yeah, I think that's a lot of us. But you know, I can se- I can sense that with you. Like you, you st- I can say it to you now. You did a hundred and twenty. Eight kilometers, twenty-two hours injured. Let's just look yeah. at that. You changed your entire life from from. You know, would you say what what what's the correct terminology for when you were larger? You know, you were large. I the, the photos between. Oh, I was huge. You know, and to look at you now, you've got to give yourself credit. You really ha- like. That's no one else's doing except you. And this is the thing I wanted to, you know, my audience to listen to is the fact that you just need to do the work. You've got to make the decision. Oh, you you got to want it. you got to want it more than anything else. And, you know, to have my alarm go off every morning, and it sounds harsh, but I told myself, Rishi, you're fat you don't like who you are, get up and do something about it. That's all that needs to be said. You know, people, especially with social media, and this is a main theme with me, I I love-hate relationship with it. People, you know, romanticise, you know, grind, 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 and they overcomplicate it of you've got to do this, do this, do this, and it's like, no, just, just, Picture what you want to do. You don't like yourself now. What are you going to do? And what are the steps you're going to do to get out of this? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat paleo and do this and, 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 and take a cold shower every morning. No, no, like that's not enough. Like you've really got to fucking want this to change. Yeah. And it, it's a lifestyle change. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to lose 20 kilos over the next six, six months and, you know, work out a bit. 
Mm. And I'll feel good about myself. And then I'll go back to the old me where I'll have a burger and drink a six-pack and not do anything. Now, my question to you with that one, do you think that old Risha is still there? Actually, for me, I feel like similar journey in the sense of, you know, I, I was 110 kilos. I, I like to call myself a power lifter at, the, at one point, um, you know, and I still enjoy weightlifting a lot, yeah. but you know, 110 kilos, my face was out here. I, I, I look like shit. Um, made the decision, get on the bike, start off with the bike, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always felt that that Kent is that, that one that wants to, you know, binge on food, binge on drinking is always still back there somewhere. But for you, for you and your story, do you, do you sense that that reach is still there, or have you completely changed, pulled out of that, and you are who you are now? I'm, I have completely changed, and I, you know, I don't crave bad food. I do. I love cake. Oh, who, doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't love cake? Yeah. Um, but you know, I sort of go like with my running and stuff. Everything goes hand in hand, mm. like eat, sleep, um, train, recovery. Like you can't have one without the other. Mm. Um, and I, you know, when you feel good and you're you're training right and you're fueling your body properly, you know what works for you and what doesn't, and you know that bad food doesn't work. Honestly, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know you feel it. Like the kids come home. Um, Last um, week and um, Adam rang and Adam's doing, my partner's lost 10 kilos in the last month. He's um, it, So he, he's been with you through the whole journey? Yeah, we've been together since I was 16. Oh my God. Yeah, so 20 years. Wow. Yeah. And so I was this person when we got together. I was very outgoing and very fit and um, a great horse rider and soccer player yeah. and age champion at school. And, like, I pushed myself as a child. And it's not because I wanted to win. It's just um, I think I've got a really addictive personality. And um, it's funny, my sister actually said, she goes, oh, it's good that you um, never found drugs in your life, Risha. Mm. <laughs> so, um, well, could, yeah. You could say that, you know, food was your addiction at one point. And at one point, yeah. I was depressed and sad and, um, like, me and my partner's gone through a lot and um, like we have an earth-moving business and at one point, mm. um, you know, there was no work on the coast. We had no work and we had the house, we had investment properties, we had machinery and we couldn't pay the bills. We couldn't, um, yeah, afford mm. to keep stuff. So we, we got rid of our um, half-hour excavators and we got rid of all three houses we had at the time and the house we were living in we actually built. Mm. And um, so we just put them all up on the market and we thought the new one would sell first and we were just going to move from house to house until they all sold and then we went to Gladstone because mm. we had two years of work in Gladstone. Mm. And um, Gladstone was booming at this stage but rent was through the roof and I wasn't going to pay $1,200 a week or anywhere from 800 to $1,200 a week rent. Mm. So um, we lived on the job site with our son, Archie, who um, was one. So he didn't walk till he was 14 months. So he wasn't even walking. Mm. And we lived on the job site in a caravan for nearly two years. And I think moving away from my family and um, having no friends and living on the job site and sharing, like, the toilet block we shared 
I shared with the workers and, mm. you know, I'd have to take my son over there because I couldn't leave him in the caravan by himself. So to go to the tour, I'd have to take my baby to like pretty much public, mm. dirty. They weren't port but they weren't much cleaner than a port Um yeah, so I'd have to go over there and use the toilets and um, I think, yeah, just having no friends, living in a van, living on a dirty um, job site and, yeah, I just ate my feelings constantly. Mm. And oh, I can understand that, yeah. Yeah, we, I'd never been away from my family. Like, I'd always been really close to my family. Um, but, yeah, so from that point, um, I was bi- I was like 115 kilos. 112 kilos when I had Archie. So I was bigger then. So mm. it started before then. But I think um, just getting comfortable with life and um, you don't realise how many calories are in things. And you just put it in your mouth, put it in don't your mouth. Get me put in your mouth. started on that. I, <laughs> so I'm a bad one for this one. I mean, I, I, you know, I listened to a, uh, one, one of your podcasts with, I think, RMA. Um, and you're talking about eating the leftover food on your, pe- your kids' plate because my my children are Lily is four and Noah's two. Yep. So, for example, there's say, leftovers. There's leftovers. They yeah. barely eat. So yeah. you go, okay, we'll order some extra food for them. Or let's say you order two pizzas. Usually, I eat just you know four or five slices, and then you go, ah, oh, they've got a piece there, and you don't realize that adds up over a yeah. period of a week. Yeah, those right. extra calories, and but you're going, oh, I can't waste that. That's me. I go, I can't waste this because I paid for, like, I've worked for this. So yes. in a way, it's sort of like, oh, you know, I don't want this to go to waste. I've been programmed in my head not to waste food, and that's a good thing in a way. But yeah. when it's junk, yeah, you know, I w- I'd probably never do that if they had a piece of broccoli or something left. Oh like, yeah, yeah, they'll go in the bin. Oh, I love broccoli. I'd always eat it broccoli. Oh. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's ex- yeah, yeah, that's like the kids don't eat crust on their toast. Most kids don't eat crust. Mm. Well, that's not your breakfast, and if you don't have a dog to feed it to, put it in the bin. <laughs> put it in the bin. So that's one thing. Um, yeah, that I changed over um, losing my weight too. Like I was like, well, they're not my calories, so we don't have a dog anymore. What mm. we do now, and she eats everything. So um, but yeah scraps leftovers if you can't save the leftovers and make another meal out of them Mm. then put them in the bin or save them up and give them to your parents dog or something don't eat them Mm. but even the kids lunchbox like they come home and sometimes you know like archie had a tim tam last week and i was like oh i could eat that (laughs) but you know at one point i did do weight watchers and it worked out um i was only allowed 44 points a day and a tim tam's worth three points so that's a... That's a lot of Tim Tams. Yeah. So that's, yeah, a lot of points for a, like a little Tim Tam. So that's, yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, that's that's a bad. Mm. Tim Tams are bad. So <laughs> so we went in the bin. Oh, no, I think that's a good thing to live by. Yeah. But every now and then, like, um, obviously with my racing and, you know, I live for that, that high that you get like when you finish a race and um I did get a high from Lara Pinta but it wasn't um the high I'm used to. Like usually I finish a race. You watch me finish a race from start to finish I'm I'm having the time of my life. I'm chatting to everyone, I'm going through checkpoints. Yeah. Um 
you know, high-fiving people, encouraging people and just loving it. Lara Pinter, like, broke me and I was miserable and feeling sorry for myself. Um, and it wasn't Nick Bamford at um, – he was probably like 8Ks out mm. when I caught him. And I wasn't expecting to see him. I like mm. – and – I remember giving him a big hug. He was just as, as excited to see me as I was him. Mm. And, like, he, like, lifted my spirits. Hey? He's like, oh, my God, Risha. And he's like, how are you going? I'm like, this is hard. And he, I remember saying, he goes, this is fucking hard. And because um, I was surprised he wasn't finished yet because he was going for under 44 hours. Mm. Um, But, yeah, he lifted my spirits and, yeah. Human connection. Yeah, it was just, you know, we and in my mind, I was like, Rishi, you can do this. Like, mm. you know, because it sort of crosses your mind. You know, I could pull out. I could pull out. And I was like, you're not here to DNF. You don't DNF. Mm. You know, um, like this was just the whole experience. Like to do it on my own. Like it doesn't seem like much, but this, but this like is what I'm talking. You, you've just played <laughs> it down, you know, like <laughs> you took like. Look at the whole thing. Like, this is massive. You did it with no paces. You didn't do it with a crew. You did it solo. This whole experience was meant for you. Yeah. Like, this is te- this is the almighty teacher. Like, take that as a le- – like, not even a lesson. You still did it. Broke yeah. the course record. But you – like, look at it. Uh, uh, see, it's not even the actual race. So, in, in my mind um, – because, like, UTA, I trained so hard for UTA. I'm like, yep – Gonna go to UTA and UTA like my UTA last year like that that experience haunts me. You know I'd never been so cold before in my life and I got low iron and it was freezing. We had sleet and um I major gut issues and mm. so that race haunts me and I was ready to go back and mm. you know um redeem myself mm, mm. um and but I learned from UTA too because I rem- I remember eight k's in and. A, a terrible stomach pain and um, there was actually a toilet block there at the 8Ks mm. and I was only 8Ks in and I was already in tears and it wasn't until after the race I realised that I, I was taking myself out of the race at that point at 8Ks in when I'm crying and, you know, doubting myself in the toilet block because I have an upset belly. Um, thing, things got worse that mm. day and, you know, I ended up stopping to go to the toilet four times. Mm. Um but I'd, I'd had too much caffeine mm. and um, it really played up on my gut. <laughs> but That's a tough. <laughs> um, I got faster and, you know, I, yeah, I pulled yeah, it yeah. together in the last 15 Ks and, you know, I think I wrapped up something like 22 people in the last 15 Ks. Mm. And, you know, to go from, I think I went from like 20, 22nd or something to – like fourth female overall in the last, mm. you know, back That's end amazing. of the race, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, it would have been interesting if I was doing the 100Ks or something, you know, because it took mm. me till 35Ks to come good. And then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm on now. You know, finally I'm on. Um, but I was, yeah, looking forward to going back t- to UTA. Um, yeah, it got postponed. It yeah. got postponed. And I was like, well, what do I do with all this training? It's sort of depressed. And it's not just me. It's everyone. Everyone yeah. had put in the work. And they're like, oh, well, what are we going to do now? And then my running partner, Ian, he's like, why don't you go do West Max? I was like, I can't do West Max. Well, Ian, if you're listening, mate, you're a bloody legend. <laughs> so I, I, I've asked – I reached out to Ian months ago – oh, six months ago about, you know, trying to get 
stronger in my legs and yeah. he sent me some really really good training plans that i was following for a bit but then i had to get a gym membership and i was like oh yep. can't be bothered but anyway that's a different story yeah. but and if you're listening you're a legend thank you so much for your help yeah um, oh yeah. he helps me constantly like even from our first race like because ian hit me up to train together like we met on the mountains mm. and um so we're sort of like uh, social climbing friends, like we really know each other, and then we're both training for Black Hole Fifty. And he's like, "Race, you want to do some tr- training together?" I was like, "God, I don't even know you. I don't run with mm-hmm. anyone, and I'm not going to run with a male. You're going to run too fast, and you know that's going to gas me, and I'm not going to enjoy that." And and he's like, "Now come do some training together." So we started training on the the Black Hole course together, and we just work well, and we train well mm-hmm. together. But, um. Like, he's always pushed me, like... The human connection, it yeah. always comes back to just surrounding... Yeah, it's so cliche. Yeah. You know, surrounding yourself with like-minded people and, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've, I've again, I've watched your story from afar for, for a while now. So it's, it's just to, again, put one and one together to talk to Ian and, and get his perspective on training and... Yeah. Seeing you train it, it just all it comes together really, really nicely. Yeah. Um, well, he pushed me for the Lara Pinto. He's like, "Go do it, Risha," and yeah. I was like, "I can't do that." I, you know, I, I'm I'm 35 and I've lived a very sheltered life. I, I, it wasn't the race I was concerned about. It was driving myself to the airport, getting on a plane, flying by myself, and mm. there was no direct flights. I don't, I don't fly. I don't really don't fly by myself. Don't and do that. Yeah, picking picking up a rental car and going to my accommodation mm. and all that stuff scared the hell out of me. I'd never done any of that, and to be thirty five and be scared of flying by myself, like navigating myself through a course, like I told myself I couldn't do it. Ian's like, you can, you can do this, Risha, mm. and he helped me. He helped me, like, and you know, I had my little book, and I had what I was doing each day, and what ta- what time I had to be at the airport, what time my plane was leaving, and what time I had to leave Sydney, and you know, and it it didn't run smoothly. Mm. Um, like in my head, I'm like, oh, it's not going to run smoothly. I've got this under control. So, I got to the airport not late, but I got flustered, and I couldn't find where I was meant to park my car so I parked it anywhere I thought no I was pay for parking again mm. when I return and then my bag got lost but I had like Ian told me they might lose your bag because you don't have a direct flight make sure you put all your running gear in your mm. carry-on so I did that but still I had no clothes mm. um so it come in that night after we landed so um and then you know I got my rental car and I got to my accommodation I got to the briefing um you know I got to woolies and got my food and stuff i felt like mm. a big girl i'm like i'm doing this and <laughs> no one sees that like and this is what i was trying to say like everyone just sees you at the start line ready to go they don't realize like like what i, I always say life's an ultra marathon yep. you're gonna go through the shit but like shit happens like yeah. bad things happen to good people like that's just life <laughs> but even falling like on the course and like, I was like, I just can't find my legs. What is going on? But like I said, we had to have three liters of water to start. Mm. That was the minimum. And then we had so much um, gear to carry. Mm. So my pack was six kilos, over six kilos. So I think that really threw me. I do a lot of training with my pack, but it's never been six kilos. Mm. So I think just the weight, the weight, and it was a bit cold to start with, and then I just couldn't find my legs. So I think the first section with having such a heavy pack and – I just couldn't find my legs. I think that the 
the weight really threw me and caused sort of like a me- mental mental gameish like yeah put you off a bit yeah i just couldn't find my rhythm either i don't know if it was just um the weight or yeah mm. um but yeah to get through that course and yeah mentally like it was so there was times I remember in, at about nineteen hours I started hallucinating. That's never happened to me mm. before, and I sort of got like this run, sort of like, um, like sneaking, like because I was like, oh, you know, there's there's campers up there in a tent camping. I better like sort of be quiet and just sort of sneak past them. And I'm like, I remember like sort of running but sneaking and mm. thinking to myself, oh God, you look you. Probably look a bit weird, Risha, sneaking past the tent. But and then when I got to the tent, it was actually a bush. And um, yeah. I was like, okay, well. This is was, happening, yeah. Yeah, like, um, this is interesting. This yeah. hasn't happened before. And then you start questioning yourself and you're like, are you, are you right? Are you, you're seeing stuff now. And um, that's never happened before. And, I think, um, you know, I, I've never experienced that. But what Mike, like, especially in a race that long, you know, you go through you know, the peaks and valleys and you start to hallucinate and you start to have that sort of self-doubt. I think this is a good place to, you know, shift gears a bit and go into the mental aspect, not so much in the training side of things because, again, you have your good days, you have your bad days. but It all looks good on Strava. It all looks good on Strava. And I I had this conversation with you on, um, you know, messages, on Instagram messages. You... Do you still have your bad days? Like we look on Strava and go, fuck, wow, that's amazing. You did, you know, 40K run. and, and, and But then after the run and you get that high, like what what's what's there? Like are you do you still go through those peaks and valleys outside of the running? Like let's say let's forget about the running at the moment. And yeah. Whatnot. Do you still go through that as – because, I, 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 again, as I said, I still put you – I say don't put people on a pedestal, but you, to me, you are you, and to many others, you're 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 an elite athlete, and I don't think we we look at these elite athletes and and you know people who are doing these amazing things and go oh they're they're superhuman, but I, we forget there is as as human as us as human as Elijah and everyone in this room, yeah, and we still have emotions and we still go through the shit in life. It's you know forget about the running. We you still got to pay your mortgage. You still got to live your life and be a mum so if you want to walk us through that and 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 paint a picture of what really happens behind the scenes oh like i don't i don't work um Mm. you know i might look at doing something down the track because um at the moment i feel a little bit lost i love my training and um but not that i don't have a purpose but i feel um maybe a, a job might give me um more self-worth like at times I feel like um I don't have a say in my household um and yeah I just I might go down a path of um you know I've got a few ideas and a few things I'm passionate about that um yeah so I won't maybe always I'll I'll still always train but I might um back off um racing as much and um, put my focus towards other things and um, like my, my son's going to high school next year and um, both my children are autistic too. Oh, and really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, like I wouldn't change them for the world. Um, that That's challenging in itself. It is, yeah. yeah. Th- like they're low on the spectrum and, um, you know, and I don't know, it's funny because some like my kids aren't angels, they're not perfect, but yeah. they're pretty easygoing at times. Like I I've, I've see some 
I've got some friends and some parents are like, oh, I just can't wait till seven o'clock when they go to bed at night and I can just have an hour to myself and ours can pretty much go to bed when we go to bed, like at 8.30, I, I sort of forget they're up. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, God, I better make sure they go to bed because they're just, you know, they're pretty quiet and um, they play their iPads and keep themselves and they go in the room and play dinosaurs and or play with the cats they're and just dogs. Kids. And yeah. They're just kids, yeah, and I sort of forget they're even up. Because they are pretty quiet. They're pretty mm. good most of the time. Um, but with the autism, they are um, – it is challenging. You know, I've got Archie who is um, very soft and very gentle and quiet. And, you know, as soon as there's a loud noise, he will have his hands over his ears and he'll get upset and cry. And I've got Nevaeh who is very loud and outgoing. And Yes, yeah, so I've got one – of each, but um, then on the weekend, like, we went and saw Jurassic Park, the new movie that's coming out, and Nevaeh doesn't like being in the cinemas mm. where it's very loud. So mm. she was wearing earmuffs. Mm. And um, so it's funny because she's the loud one and Archie's the one that's quiet. But um, it is challenging having autistic children. Yeah, that's definitely like any child's challenging. But um, I think, you know, fitting everything in too, like, I treat my training as a job. Mm. Um, and I've got sponsors, so I feel um, it doesn't take the fun out of things, but you have to perform for your sponsors, mm. you know. Um, so there's more pressure there once you have sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, between 10 to 7 in the morning and 20 past 7, that is my time to get on the rower. Mm. So don't ring me between 10 to 7 and 20 past mm. because – I'm not going to answer you. And sometimes Adam rings me and he rings me and rings me. And I was like, I answer it. And I like yeah. have my earphones going and I'm listening to other Eminem or mm. a podcast or something. And mm. I, I answer it and I'm like, yes, what do you want? And he's like, oh, what are you doing? You're training. <laughs> I'm like, I'm rowing. What? And I like it. So they have a go at him. He's like, oh, well, just call me when you get a second. Like, I feel like mm. he should know. Mm. I've told him many a times between 10 to 7 and 20 past, like that's, it, that's the time that works for me, for my rowing, mm. to get the kids ready and off to school. And I think it's just having a routine. If you don't have a routine and I find my routine works well, I, I fit a lot into every day and I'm constantly thinking about what I have to do and whether it be um, my training or um, like getting the kids off to school and then if we go to the chiropractor after school and where my training is going to fit and where the grocery is going to fit in, if I have to go to the accountants or you know, it's just like mm. from start to finish, I open my eyes and it's go, it's go, it's go. on. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way though. Like I love it. Like I've been do, told Do you ever have downtime? Like do you ever have like I guess, you know, running is reach your time, but do you ever do you ever have like time of I don't know, lavender oil in the bath and then and read a nice book? Like do do you ever just do you ever slow down? No. No. Or you're just, you're just not a slow down type of person? I'm not a slow down. It's funny, I was actually running today, I was thinking about this and thinking about we might talk about it. And um, yeah, my, my kids are autistic and um, back when I was young, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, obviously um, autism back, you know, 20 years ago, they didn't, or well, we're probably talking 25 years ago, or mm. autism wasn't um, recognised like it is now. And, um, you know, I, I show a lot of traits of autism. So maybe 
I'm autistic. Like we are all autistic, but whether we make it onto the spectrum or not, mm. um, like obviously zero to 30 is classed as normal. Anything over 30 to 60, 60 being severely autistic mm. um, is recognised. So, um, yeah, I just think growing up, um, like I'm one of four girls and mum had four girls under five. So we're quite close together and, um, mm. you know, growing up in a household where – yeah, your sisters were like, oh, you're a psycho and go take your medication. And I was always full on, mm. always. Um, I've had people tell me even now that I'm too much. She's like, you know, Risha, you're, you're too much. Um, and that's okay. You, you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And I'm okay with that. Like, well, well, how, do you, how do you measure too much? Too like, much. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you might be too much for some people, but you're going to be – just enough or just the right enough. For, it seems like with your partner, you know, that you're in the perfect zone for each other. Like, yeah. That's something I want to touch on and I, I find that with everything that's gone on, you he's, he's – is it Adam? Adam. Stuck by you through literally thick and thin, like 20, 20 years. 20 years. Do you, do you want to give him a shout out on it? Like that's, I, and of course, no relationship's perfect, and it's the ups and downs. It's the Again, ups and downs, but you work through it. Love is love, but twenty years and and to to love you at your, you can't say worst because that's that's your way of looking at it or other people's way of looking at it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say worst, but to to be at your lowest, lowest at my lowest, yeah, and to still stick with you through everything and vice versa. If yeah, you, and he could have just left me. See, like, Adam is the biggest yo-yo dieter you will ever meet. Like That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so he does – he's over 105 kilos or he's 80 kilos. Mm. There's nothing in between. So he's like, okay, I'm going to get fit and I'm going to train, I'm going to eat good and I'm going to be 80 kilos, I'm going to feel great. And then six months later he's like, oh, I'm going I'm to hook into the pizza, KFC and – and drink, mm. you know, and that's why he's always been our whole relationship. So mm-hmm. he's on this um, fasting keto diet at the moment and he'll fast all day and then eat tonight mm. and um, he's lost 10 kilos in a month mm. and he's feeling good and so. But is he, ha- he, he doesn't, does he have that sort of, you know, not for me it's a self-hate complex, but I think for a lot of us it's this hate for ourselves subconsciously i guess but does he do you think he has that as well like we do or is it more just ah it is what it is i'll eat and then yeah he's like very chilled all the time (laughs) like he's the complete opposite to me yeah like i might full-on train 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 get up early um you know on the weekends i could you know get up and train leave the house and come home Mm. and they wouldn't even realize i'd been out and come back you know what I mean? Because mm. they'll stay up late and play game based on the um, yeah. PlayStation yeah, yeah, yeah. and they'll sleep in wherever. I might get up. Let's get it done and let's enjoy the day and get it. <laughs> yes. Love yeah. it. Oh, no, that's again, I, I, I love it. I love a nice love story. It's mm. nice. And but complete opposite, like yeah. I'm outgoing, and you know he he said that to me before. He's like, Rachel, you're just so much all the time. He's like, your energy is just so much. And, um, you know, like females say 8,000 words a day, apparently. And I, I spend a lot of time by myself, so I have a lot to say once he gets <laughs> home. And he's like, I think males say 3,000. So he said he's 3,000. Mm. And, um, 
Yeah. I don't no, I'm not saying he doesn't want to listen to my eight thousand, yeah. but he's like I think he just sort of blanks out like I think with everything that you know we've spoken about so far today, it just paints the picture, you know, of, of who you really are. Because we can always I do it. You look at someone at face value on Instagram or Strava or anything and you, and you go, Oh, you know, they've got no life and you know, all they do is train, but it's like when Hopefully the audience who have followed you can really put one and one together now that, you know, life ha- isn't always ups with what it seems on the internet and that you are a human. You are a human. And this I, is the question. I had a friend the other day. She's like, you are actually human inside them, Risha. You feel mm. pain and, um, you know, because I, she worked at the doctor's surgery. I mm. went and had mm. acupuncture and I told her some of the things I have going on and... Mm. Um, yeah, she's like, "Wow, you are actually human. You, you do feel pain, and I do feel pain." And 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 we, no one sees it. And I guess no, you don't have to show people. But you know, especially a, a format like a podcast, like we're doing now, I think it's a it's a it's a really easy way to to get out there that you you know you feel you do feel. And this is where I want to pivot this. Um, and because this is a sort of like a mental health, it is a mental health podcast. Um people listen to and, and and take things from you know i've got two questions here back to back first one how you know after this after the the high of lara pinta and what you've gone through the mental fog and and all that afterwards how are you feeling now how are you how is how are things settling for you mentally and and not just with running but with with everything of you know what you've t- said about the your children and everything that you've worked towards up until to this point and now the, the dust has settled, how are you? How am I feeling? How, um, yeah. So I've, I think since Lara Pinter, I only did that one post. Mm. I don't think I've done a story or anything like, like you said, your hole. Mm. I, I crawled into that hole and I was in a dark, a dark place after Lara Pinter. Like I, you know, I come home and, I get up the next day and I train. That's what I do and I struggled to do that, which, yeah, um, you know, it just plays on your mind. I was like, why is this race so much different? You know, yes, I injured myself. Yes, um, you know, I was fatigued and it's, you know, double the length of my black hole. Is that what's going on? Does my body need time to recover? And like, mentally it didn't sit well with me and I was, you know, and – with the injuries, my, my body was holding so much fluid. I couldn't even get on the scales because I felt like an, an elephant. Like you feel the extra fluid mm. and I feel uncomfortable. And um, so I sort of shut off from Instagram and Facebook. I still got on there for a look and get on Strava for a look, but um, I wasn't posting anything because I didn't – I felt like I didn't have anything um, positive to mm. say or to share about myself or about anything so I just chose not to put anything out there. Um, I didn't have um, not nothing nice to say about Lara Pinter. Like you know, I think there was moments that I've just blocked out because you know I haven't even opened up and really talked about it with Adam or Ian or my family because there was moments where I've never felt pain like that before. Isn't that beautiful that you can like y- you look at that y- in the moment, fucking would suck but yeah. you look you know and and this is 
Well, this is where the growth happens. Yeah, and and very David Goggins-y again. It's that David Goggins-esque, go to that place. That's where I want to go on this 100 miler. Go to that place where I've never been before. And I'm trying to learn that, you know, to get away from, I don't know. It's not a sadistic. I want to. I want to feel the fucking pain. I want to. Yeah. You know. Ca- who's going to carry the boat? So like, yeah. Yeah. None of that shit. Because yeah. that's not what his his message is. Yeah. His message is to go to the place and push yourself. And I think, you know, from what you're telling me, and I'm putting the pieces of the puzzle together, Lara Pinto was a, a a pivotal moment in your personal growth because. You're telling me that you've never had those like you've done these big races before. You've done a hundred k. You've done it fast. You've you've trained hard. You've, but you've you've gotten to this point in this race and you've gone wait a fucking minute. Why am I feeling like this? This I've never felt this before. Yeah, that and you're questioning yourself. You're questioning your training. You're questioning who you are as a person. And yeah, it was just I was like, what is going on? Have I not trained appropriate like for this race? Um everything I've worked towards for UTA, obviously it doesn't apply to this race. Mm. And, um, yeah, I really question myself and question whether I should stop. And, like, DNFing is just not in me. It's just not in me. And, like, I went there and it was all about doing it myself, like the flight, the, you know, getting to my commentators in the car, like doing the race, self-navigating and then getting home. Like, I couldn't even you know, walk and, you know, Adam rang me. He's like, oh, I'll be at the airport. I'll drive you home. And I was like, you are not fucking driving me home. <laughs> and, like, I, I took his head off. He's like, whoa, 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 settle down. He's like, what is going on? I was like, you're not going to take that from me. I'm like, this is this is a part of the journey. This is, you know, my mission to do the whole thing on my own. He's like, okay, well, I won't come to the airport. I was like, no, you're not going to come to the airport because no one's helped me at the other end. At Alice, no one's helping me get on the plane. No one's helping me with my luggage. No one's driving me to the airport. I'm doing this all by myself. And you're not going to show up in Brisbane and drive me home because that is not me completing my mission that I set out to do, the whole thing on my own. And that's what I'm going to do. It comes back to your story. Like you said you were going to do something. You you, you know, again, 140 kilos. I fucking, I'm doing, I'm doing something about it. This is your journey, you know, you, Larry Pinter, you're going, I'm doing, I'm doing this entire thing. Go fuck off. This is yeah, my, this, this is, is my pain. My, yeah. yeah, this is my journey. And, and then, you know, because I got flustered when I, I first parked for Lara, um, for the airport to go to Lara Pinter, um, I got off the other end and obviously I'm broken. I can't move very well and I have all my luggage and I don't know where I parked my car. Mm. I didn't take notice of what floor and, you know, what, like, 14B or my car park or anything. Mm. And I was like, this is serious. So I knew I parked right down one of the ends. So I took mm. the elevator to the top and then just walked the down ramp until I found my car mm. with all my luggage. So just little things like that, like losing my luggage and, um, you know, not remembering where I parked. And, you know, I thought I had a full experience and there was like moments, yeah, those moments I was crying obviously. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. But yeah. Like, like completing my mission, there was no way I was letting him come to the airport. Like, you know, I wasn't very nice about it. So, uh, you, had a, you had a mission. I had know? a mission, and he wasn't going to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you behave yourself. You don't come anywhere. And I told him, I said, you turn up at the airport because my mum, was, my mum was going to drop him off. And I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you, mm. and I'm not giving you a ride home. Mm. Um, so I said, don't be there. 
He's like, okay, I'll stay at home. I'm like, good, Again, stay at home. But it's 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 great. Like, I I think more people need to need to listen to that and and take something from just that itself. That if you say you're gonna do something, make the fucking promise to yourself. Don't let yourself down. To me, in my head with this hundred miler, I'm going. I said I'm gonna fucking do it, and I'm gonna do it until I get pulled from the. If I don't make the time, I don't make the time. That's yeah. I so be it. So if you get pulled off, you get pulled off. But you've done everything you possibly could to get to that. Make it, make it happen. Make, make it, it work, happen. Yeah. And one foot in front of the other. To piggyback off that, you know, this is something. Um, What's even being here today? Mm. Everyone's like, drive two hours and twenty minutes, reach for a podcast. I knew if I didn't come down here and lock lock this in. Mm. Um, I would try and find any excuse not to do it over Zoom. Just, I get so nervous. I, I just, you know, talking about myself and I'm thinking, what is someone going to get out of my story? Like, why do people want to listen to me? You've, you've really... And so to lock this in yeah. and come down, I'm like, it's locked in. I'm going to be here. So a bit of me was a bit frustrated because, you know, I, I looked at my phone on the way in. I'm like, it's... 107 I'm seven minutes late so that doesn't sit well with me you know <laughs> absolutely I, I was sort of at start I was like oh god have, have I been stood up long story short <laughs> I had someone who I was going to get on the podcast uh two weeks ago who stood me up I'm not going to get into the details and mention who but it was someone quite not big in running but in tv person and they just yeah won't get into it didn't turn up didn't turn up didn't didn't Text me nothing. I messaged them. They, they, um, you know, didn't, uh, you know, back up their word. And so I appreciate yeah. you, and 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 it goes to show with your story. And we'll get into this quickly. Um, how, wait, for, how are we going for time? Oh, cool. Um, so we'll wrap it up slowly. Um, so first of all, you know, you, you've got to take a step back. Well, there's two things here. Take for you. I think you really need to have a look at how far you have come. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fuck the running off for a second. Like we get it. You're quick, you're fast, you're <laughs> fit. That's all well and good. Without the running, you're left with you. Yeah. And, and I'm still trying to find who that is. I think you've already found it. And I, th the only thing that is, is inhibiting how you're feeling is this sense of self-worth. That's my thing as well. Yeah. And that's why I can I can really understand why you trained so hard. I really do get it. And that comes in with time. And again, if you want it enough, you'll find that you'll find that that peace. Um that balance. That balance. I'm missing I'm missing the balance. Um you will find and it's hard because you trained so hard and you've you've created this ratio who you are now. But you, I think you've really got to look back because without you being overweight, um, you wouldn't be this person. You've really yeah. got to take into account yeah. of what you have fucking done because you've done a lot and you've done it well. Yeah. Let's let's not th think I about the future. Let's not think about the now. Let's think about what you've done and where you are now. Yeah. You're raising two beautiful children with autism. You're running a lot. You're doing well. You are keeping you you are keeping the house tied down. You, I don't think you're you're looking at just one thing. You've, I think you've got to look at the entire spectrum, yeah, the entire picture. How you treat your family? How it's not just running. I think it's life in general. Yeah. Um. So I yeah. Look, I th I'd love. Oh, I could talk for fucking 
hours. Um, <laughs> no, that's right. So to r- sort of wrap this up and, and, and cool this off, I got I got lost. I lost track of time. Hey, um, you know, for the person out there, for the ultra runner who has body issues, runner, anyone. Oh, everyone's got. I, I got body issues. Like everyone's like, oh, Reese, you look incredible, man. I don't look incredible. Man, I get naked and, you know, I look at myself sometimes and for a long time, you know, um, I was training and I wanted to lose weight until I looked good, until I was happy with the image I saw in the mirror when I was naked and that never happened. I'm the exact same. Never happened and, you know, sometimes, you know, I can be proud of myself and I look at myself naked in the mirror and be like, yes, Risha, that sags a little bit and that wobbles and... But it's your body. It's a body. Yeah, mm. I'm like it's a body, and you were you went from 142 kilos to you know 68 kilos. You have two children, and you're 35. You're not going to look like a, a an 18 year old supermodel. You know that's not going to happen. But you got to yeah. repeat that to yourself that you are look at what you're doing. Yeah, not what you're going to do. Or what yeah. you've done. Um. So yeah, look quickly. You're happy, healthy. And a role model for... Which you are, which you truly are. And this is the reason I wanted to get you on the podcast. Um, so to close this out, to land this from this high, what is something that you can tell my audience? Uh, some, I don't know, thing that you live by, how to get through the hard times, how to get out of that that deep, dark hole, you know, not and I, I don't want it to sort of relate to running, but I want it to relate more relate to your story of you know, get it done, do what you can do with what you've got. What is something you can give my audience? Well, you have to do it. You have to commit and actually do it. Like I have friends that are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go for a hike this afternoon up the mountain, but um, you know, Lisa pulled out, so I'm d- I'm just gonna do do nothing now. Well, you're putting, you know, um. You're giving them the reins to your your journey and, you know, they're they're controlling what you're doing. You have to do it for you. Like, just go hike the mountain by yourself. And that's stepping outside your comfort zone. You've got to get used to feeling uncomfortable. You know, like being here right now, I think I've done four or five podcasts now. From my first to now, like, I was a stress crying mess. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Freaking out. Nearly throwing up the week of my first one because, you know, I didn't want to talk about myself. I didn't think I had anything to offer, you know, you know, my story. Um, I'm like, what's someone going to get out of that? Why does someone want to listen to my story? And, um, but, you know. Why, I do, why do you think people want to listen to your story? Um, I don't, well, I think it is the weight loss. I think it is um, the mindset and, um, you know, to go from – um, 142 kilos to go, um, you know, um, elite mountain racer and um, elite boxer, then elite ultra runner. There's like, how is she doing this? And it's it's all or nothing. It's it's my full focus, like 110. percent Like I'm in, I'm in, and I'm and I want to do it well. And it's not about winning. It's never been about winning. It's about doing my absolute best. And I know if you train appropriate and you eat properly and you rest and you recover, that's going to make it a hell of a lot easier. Like running, running's hard. Any sport's hard. Mm. But if you want to do it at a certain level and you want to do it 
easier and um, recover quickly so you can get back in and train for the next race, you have to take these steps. You have to eat, sleep, rest, but train. And mm. you have to push through those hard training sessions. It's, you know, even races, like I – you're only as good as your last race. You're only as good as your last training session. I tell myself that. I'm out there running and, you know, half the time running by myself mm. and there's a hill and I was like, oh, God, I could just walk up that. But you're not going to walk up it. You're going to run up it because you're training right now and what's walking up it going to get you? Mm. Like, you have to push yourself day in, day out. I don't think to, just with, with running as well. I think just with life, you've just got to, you know, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And again, as you cliche are. as that sounds, I think that's just do hard things. Go do, do something. Do hard else. things, yeah. We are all capable of so much more than what we are if you just apply it and go for it. Like get out there and if you want something, you're going to get out there and get it. And if you don't, then you don't want it bad enough. I think that is the perfect way to end this. <laughs> you, you fucking got it. That's gonna be my clip for the um for the socials. That little end <laughs> bit. That's perfect. That's and passion. The passion. I love it. Well, look, yeah. To end, yeah. Let's close this out. Thank you so much for making the time to do this with me. Like, I think there's a lot in there that a lot of people can get out of it. Um, we have gone a bit over time, which look, I could talk to you for fucking oh years. Like. Um. And, yeah, look, I, I'm excited to see where you go with your running journey. Um, but I think, you know, for me, just looking from the outside in to land this, I think the biggest lesson for us both, because I just relate to you so much, is that self-love. And I always put myself in the shoes of what happens if I don't have running? What happens if I don't have fitness? What am I left with? And I go, I'm left with my own thoughts. That's fucking hard. I don't want to be there. But then this comes back to the thing of do hard things. Sometimes you've got to sit there. Sometimes you just have to be with yourself. And that that is going to be an experience in itself. And you learn from that and you enjoy it and you go with it. But again, thank you so much. Thank you for being here and being vulnerable and being open and talking about your story because I know it's not comfortable. But you did it and I appreciate you a lot. You. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.